and good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laurent Landis. Patty has the day off. Our guest today is Leslie McMurray. She is the transgender advocacy person thing. Yeah, do, do, sure. Doer. That stuff. Yeah, she does th that thing Education, over there. advocacy. I just call her Leslie. We yeah. love her. We do. We Thank really you for do. being here. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. As always. Now, it is sort of not pledge drive anymore. But um, you can still send money. You can still send money. Sure. Or you know what you can do? You can go online and just make your pledge that way. Go to knon.org. Easiest way to make a pledge. I was looking down our list of pledgers from this pledge drive, and just about everybody went to knon.org rather than calling into the studio because it is the easy way to do it. So if you would like to make a pledge, go to knon.org, hit the Pledge Now button, and you'll see the list of um, and pictures of our pledge premiums. And thank goodness I got my new T-shirt because I didn't know what I was going to wear because I have so many of them. You do have a lot. Well, we all do. Two drawers full. <laughs> from 30 years of doing this show, more than that. It's like coffee cups for me. Uh -huh. I've got cupboards full of coffee cups. Well, if you'd from like everywhere. to make a pledge, you can have a K&ON coffee cup. Appreciate it. <laughs> Don't need one. I'm good. I'm sad. No, I think you do need one. <laughs> so we have the next big giant earthquake. <laughs> so, Leslie, you're our transgender. <laughs> no. Okay, we were just talking about we were this joking. before the show. Yeah, please, please elaborate for our listeners. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about adverbs. Leslie wanted to talk about pronouns. Laurent wanted to talk about verbs. No. You know how when you have a pearl, you know where that comes from? It comes from a piece of sand that gets in that oyster and it creates an irritation. <laughs> and the pearl eventually develops around it. I love when our... You're the sand in my oyster. <laughs> I love when our guests oh, wow. come on and call us annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to steer this conversation. It's not annoying. It's an irritant. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> oh, Lord. So we, we were talking about, you know, in this age of everybody wants to be identified as they prefer, and it triggers. And what's wrong with that? And what's wrong really? with that? Really? You know, right. Life's too short. It's right. like, is, is it too much for somebody to ask to say, please identify me as I prefer? Exactly, exactly. What's the problem? But it's triggering for, uh, I don't want to say all uh, straight people, but a lot of them, they find problematic to call someone who they perceive as he or she and vice versa. Those poor snowflakes. Uh, and what really triggers them, you know, is the, the, when you don't use she or he, if you use they or them. <gasps> I think that one's confusing to some people. Let's talk about that. Let's but talk about it. Do, do you know, when you're talking about identifying, calling somebody as they want to be identified, Leslie introduced herself when we first met her. It's almost 10 years ago. Uh, she introduced herself as Leslie, and you know what we've been calling her? Leslie. Leslie. Oh, my God. It's not that tough. It's not my birth name either, so you've mastered that. I, I did master wonderful? that. Yeah. Yeah. CNN had a good article today on uh, identifying people and how they want to be identified in pronouns. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about pronouns, not ad adverbs. Yeah, pronouns are just how people want to be identified, and there's a whole bunch of pronouns out there. There's certainly the, the most common of he or she, uh, his, uh, hers, her. Um, but some people use different pronouns because there are people, believe it or not, you know, we... As our society, we like uh, buckets. We want to put everything in a nice, neat little bucket. Uh, so if a light is on or it's off, it's very binary. It's hot or it's cold. It's um, loud or it's silent. But there's really more like a continuum on all those things. It's like you look at water, it's not just hot and cold. It could also be a solid, a liquid, or a gas. And everywhere along that continuum. So for kids that identify and they say the strictly binary ideas, uh, and, and we talk about gender, which is a social construct anyway, that when I grew up, and I'm kind of old, but those gender <laughs> norms were really fixed and rigid. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys not only did, they had to join the military. Mm -hmm. There was a draft. Uh, they also were expected to be the disciplinarian and the good father and the breadwinner and all these different things, good at sports or at least enjoy sports. 
And women are supposed to run the household and take care of the kids and be a good mom. And it didn't even matter whether they got an education or not. And so for kids that are being raised now, they're saying both of these extremes are not me. I, I don't identify with either one of them, that strict definition of boy or strict definition of girl. And they're saying identify somewhere different along that spectrum. And they're having to make up names for them because they aren't fitting into one of the binary definitions of he or she. And so... Uh, well, would you also say that part of, um, you know, today's kids, while they don't um, identify with those extremes that you just mentioned, yeah. but also just physically? Yeah. Like, you know, boys are supposed to wear pants. Girls are supposed to wear dresses. Or, you know... Tell that, or whatever they want. But, but, or whatever, like, girls have always had way more tell latitude. Tell that to they have. Yeah. But, but nowadays, it's not uncommon or it's more common to see men or boys wear makeup. Yeah. And so they don't, it's in, they don't identify with those strict, antiquated, physical ideas of what a man or a woman is supposed to look yeah, like. Yeah, and people lose their minds over that, too. They, but, do, they mean, do. To me, they just kind of need to get over it because I don't know what harm is happening. It's not a breakdown of society. I mean... There's a whole lot of things that I can think of that are more damaging and worse. You know, the the complete assassination of truth in politics uh, that that's gone down the road. That used to be really important. We'd hold people accountable for lying, and now we don't. But we're getting hung up on pronouns. To me, it's just like a big red herring. Mm -hmm. I mean, if a, a child is telling you this is who I am, as a parent, to me, just support your kid. I mean, you want to have an argument about their identity? That's what, something you're going to lose every single time, and you're going to hurt your kid. So let them identify how they want. There's a lot more to it than that, too, because we want to say, again, that pronouns are like he, she, and oh, we're going to introduce they and them, which we look at as plural pronouns. But they're really only conditionally plural because we use them as singular all the time. We just don't think about it. Because it, I, I was given the example of David earlier. It's like if you were with a, a, a convention and there was 100 people that were in this room uh, for a seminar, and they left, and there was a jacket that was left on the back of a chair. You'd say, oh, look, someone left their jacket there. Do you think they'll come back and get it, or should I take it to them? So we've used they, them, and their in reference to a single person who left a single jacket because we don't know the gender of the person who left the jacket, so we use they, them as a, a placeholder. So if someone tells you that I want to use they, them all the time, what's wrong with that? It doesn't hurt anyone. And, it, and, it, and, and it I'm not arguing against yeah, at all. Sure. I, um, Play devil's advocate. I, I, I <laughs> have never been put in that position before. Um, if I'm talking about Laurent just stepped away from his microphone because they went to the bathroom, uh -huh. I think that's where people feel it's awkward. It's Well, you also mix them, too. You used uh, his and they. And that's an important point because there are people like, I'll detour for a quick second. Resource Center has just reordered name tags for everybody uh, that works at Resource Center. And it has name, what your job is, and your pronouns. And I love that. And so I had a discussion with HR about exactly, you know, what different pronouns we kind of settled on. But uh, one of the HR people said to me that uh, some might request uh, she or they. And I said, it's perfectly fine. And it's important to have that availability on there because some people use he, they, or she, they. Okay? So what they're essentially telling you is that either one is okay, but they're also saying I'd rather you use those about 50-50. So in that example that you just gave with Laurent, that would be just perfect. If, if his pronouns were he, they, and you would say, oh, Laurent just stepped away from his mic, they'll be back in a minute. Mm -hmm. Perfect uh, example. Uh, okay. Well, th th there's a story, and I'm sure you know more about this this week, about what happened over at the uh, Dallas Arboretum. Oh, uh, yeah. An employee apparently mm -hmm. was using her email signature block and saying, mm -hmm. I guess she and her or her, and, you know, that's how she identified. That's becoming more commonplace. And the employer got mad at it. Didn't, didn't allow it. Now, I tell you from experience, I work in the legal field. I'm not an attorney. Um, paralegal, legal assistant stuff, that's what I do. And I email attorneys all the time. A lot of attorneys I've never met before. And I can't tell you how many times they respond back with, thank you, ma'am. Or uh, thank you, 
uh, you know, they just identify me as a woman. I guess because they've never seen the word Laurent typed out, I, I, I didn't think it sounded, if you say it out, it sounds feminine, but I guess it does to a lot of people. And then someone else was like, you know, I think it's because of your position. Most women have your position, uh -huh. and it is. Yeah. Um, so I started putting he, him. And, 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 and it has solved that problem. Yeah. So I don't, what's the problem with that? Yeah, there's no problem with that. Oh, okay, and again, this isn't a problem. Yeah. It's more of a matter of getting used to it. So my generation, because I'm very old, when I was in college and coming out, you'd go to the bars and it was, oh, look, girl, look, oh, she's here. They still do that, but that's not as much. Oh, no, they do. Okay. Among gay men, yes. Yes. So among gay men, yeah, it and I was, wish they would knock it off myself. Oh, oh, trust me, that has not gone on. <laughs> so my preferred pronouns have been, I don't care. You want to call me she, her? Well, hold on, <laughs> and you can give me why why I should care. Um, I'm not going to get insulted if you get the wrong pronoun with me. It doesn't mean that I don't care what yours are and what your preferred pronouns are and doesn't mean I don't understand what you've gone through to get to where you are. It's just not an issue. To it's not an issue to you or I because we understand it depends on who it's coming from. That's true, too. Well, I also think it's important and... and because of the things that can happen, and I'm not saying they will or that it happens frequently, but there are enough, there is enough hatred in this country that 51 transgender people were murdered last year, and that number just keeps going up, not down. Mm -hmm. The number of aggravated assaults go up, not down. The more visibility that we have, the more danger that's out there. And so if being outed, like when I was at a rental car place, this before I completely transition and um, I had my name and gender marker changed or no I had not had not at the time so uh, I appeared female and so the woman behind the counter she said uh, yes ma'am can I help you and I stepped up and there was like 15 or 20 people waiting so I gave my driver's license and my insurance and I said a reservation name's McMurray and so she said just a second so she looks at my ID and then she looks back at me, and she looks down at the ID and back at me, down at the ID, and then hands it back and says, thank you, sir. And wow. so now, if you think about what happens when you rent a car, okay, you're in a strange city, driving a car you've never driven. In many cases, you don't even know what it looks like, because they just say, pick whatever one you want on aisle K. Mm -hmm. And so you're walking by yourself in a parking garage, knowing that there's how many people that you don't know that are waiting in line that may bash my head in over a mispronoun. Uh, you know, it's kind of, and even for you saying you don't care, if someone says, oh, hey, girl, and that's equated to a gay greeting, uh, you don't want to find yourself tied to a fence in Wyoming because some jerk, you just got outed as gay. It's like, oh, here's mm -hmm. easy pickings. Yeah. So it, it, it can put people in our community in harm's way, but it's also just disrespectful to use somebody's pronouns, especially intentionally incorrectly. But we ask that people not say things like, oh, I don't care what pronouns you use because it's uh, showing privilege uh, that you don't get misgendered, that people identify you as male pretty much 100% of the time. Uh, I was at a event where Katie and I both got really dressed up. So I had my hair in kind of an updo, full face of makeup. I was wearing a nice dress and heels. And uh, they had valet parking. And so I handed the ticket to the valet. Didn't even say anything because I know what my voice sounds like. My voice is terrible. And so uh, I handed her the uh, ticket to get my car. And she says, thank you, sir. I'll be right back. And I turned to Katie and I said, did I just hear what I thought I heard? And Katie said, yeah. And I said, well, where did that come? come from and she said I have no idea I said am I giving off some kind of dude vibe <laughs> she said no I mean I could show you pictures from that day wow. no but it's something I carried around with me like a bag of heavy sand for mm -hmm. a week 
I mean, every time I looked right. at myself in the mirror, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my face? What's wrong with my body? What am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Why am I being read that way? It was horrible. Hmm. So, you know, pronouns may not seem like a big deal, but they are to us but they're of absolutely zero consequence to people using them. I mean, it's how does it harm or take anything from anyone else to write he, him on a convention badge? Hi, my name is Terry. My pronouns are he, him. You know, in one of the examples you just mm -hmm. gave, um, like when you were at, at the car rental place, that's just some, that, that sounds like somebody intentionally trying to be a I jerk. Guess, yeah, uh -huh. I, can't say, I can't, oh, yeah. Say, can't say the word I wanted to say on, on air. Um, Unless you're on a week off. Right. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but anyway. Um, <laughs> boy, no, I can't. <laughs> okay. So, I think, what do, you, what do you recommend to somebody or who honestly is not trying to make a mistake and they slip? Um, like, I remember, God, this was years ago, probably like 20 years ago. I worked in retail. This woman came in, and she presented like a young man. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got her, because she had to rent something. Mm -hmm. I got her driver's license. And I, you know, when she came in, I said, you know, how you doing today, sir? And, you know, because in customer service, you're trained to do that. Yeah. Um, say, sir, ma'am, those type of things. And it wasn't until I saw her driver's license, and I said, I'm so sorry. She goes, no problem. It happens all the time. So she did, she did identify as she, but she looked and presented like a young man. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't trying to be mean yeah, at you, all. You handle it exactly as we recommend. And here's the rule of thumb on that. Uh, we don't want, generally, a federal case made over it. Right. Uh, the rule of thumb is simply this. Make the apology last as long as the correction. So if the correction is, happens all the time, uh, you know, she she, her pronouns, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll get it right. You know, I really apologize. But if it's like, look, we've had a conversation here for the last 15 minutes. You've misgendered me five times. I've corrected you five times. Is there something either in your ability right. to understand right. who I am or, you know, and it's like if it goes on for a while, it's like, look, I am really, really sorry. I knew you before, whatever the rationale might be, but make the apology last as long as the correction. Because, like, uh, I was in Atlanta for Thanksgiving, this is several years ago, Katie and I were there, and my uh, sister-in-law was making Thanksgiving dinner. She was working in the kitchen, and they had taken all the chairs from the Thanksgiving table out, and they put them in the living room so people could sit around the fireplace and watch football games and talk. Mm -hmm. So they're ready to serve dinner, and Debbie walks out, and she, Katie and I were closest to the kitchen. So she just turned to us, and she says, hey, would you guys grab the chairs and bring them around the table we're ready to serve dinner? I said, sure, Dad, no problem. And she takes like two steps away, and she comes back, and she goes, oh, my God. I said, you guys, and I didn't mean like you guys are guys. I just meant you guys, because I say you guys. And she's just going on and on and on. Well, now everybody in the room is turned and is staring at her and us. And I just said, Debbie, it's okay. We understand. Right, it's right. you know, a colloquial term. We use it all the time. Right. I, said, I was just about to say. And, and the way I, I corrected her, I said, look, if you would have said, would you two dudes grab the chairs, right. then we're going to go outside and fight. <laughs> but, if you know, we understand you guys. So I don't want people walking on eggshells around us. But if we tell you, you know, it's like right. if I tell you my name is Leslie, don't call me Kevin or Michelle or, you know, Tina or something. Use my name. Right. Uh, and when we were kidding earlier, it, it's... It, I don't know why they're singling out trans people for suddenly this issue with names and pronouns because, for God's sake, Sean Combs has changed <laughs> his name nine times. You know, we've called him Sean. We've called him Sean John. We've called him Puff Daddy. We've called him Puffy, Diddy, P. Diddy. Yep. You know, on and on and on. Nine times and, and, he's changed and, and his and name. We, and we just roll with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. All right. We need to take a break. Marshall Mathers is Eminem. We're okay with that. Dr. Dre. Right. Sure. Yeah. No problem. And he's not a doctor. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON. You love I, having me on. I uh, can't even do this. Let's just take our break. Hi, this is Candy Markham, and I listen to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. Listen. And that's a bumper that we haven't had in a while. I found this old CD of bumpers and nice. our theme song. and We're back. That, that shows how long Candy's been on. We're back. Our, our guest is 
the wonderful <laughs> Leslie McMurray. <laughs> I can't even say it. Uh, uh, we're just talking about trans things. Trans I, things. And I did an article this week, or a couple of articles that had to do with the trans community, um, and I just thought we'd talk about some of those okay. things. W one of the uh, issues that comes up with trans people is uh, everybody who's trans has to do a gender marker change. Mm. No? Some do, some don't. Some do, some don't. Well, there's also another issue when you mention name and gender marker <coughs> changes. There are 254 judicial districts or counties in the state of Texas. Uh, there are at present three that will reliably grant a name and gender marker change, and that's Dallas, Travis, and Bear. Um, so some counties, as a matter of fact, one rather large county, uh, the presiding judge insists that all name and gender petitions be assigned to her bench, and she rejects every single one of them hmm. because she's just philosophically opposed to it, and wow. she can't. So it's like if you live in Smith County or up in the Panhandle or out in Midland, Odessa, good luck. Well, one of the, you can uh, uh, judge shop. In Texas, well, you can. Or, or it's not venue a, shop. Venue is not an issue because it's uh, the the language is permissive. It says the case may be filed in county of residence. It doesn't say must. So in this case, yeah, you can. You still would have to. Because one attorney I spoke to said, uh, in fact, it was Jayla. She said she has a case out in West Texas. She filed it in Dallas. Yeah, you can. So, so you said. Um, when, when at the beginning he said, you know, for, uh, you have to get your gender marker changed. You're saying that you don't necessarily have to. No. How, how do you, I guess, proceed on with anything legal if you are identifying with something that's opposed to on your identification? Yeah, it's not easy. It's hard because uh, I've got a number of friends that identify as non-binary. Uh, the state of Oregon allows an gotcha. X gender marker. Gotcha. So if you feel non-binary and your, say, birth certificate and driver's license have F on there, mm -hmm. but you're not identifying as male, do you want to change it to something else that doesn't fit or feel right? Mm. Do you want to be identified as a guy and forced into men's rooms or this or that or consequently the other way? So if you feel non-binary, I'm not really sure where you go. It's, a, it's like when, if I go to a um, you know, small town, you know, not like a giant bar, but just you know, regular neighborhood bar, uh, and you see the bathrooms, I know where I belong. I'm all girl. But if you are, say, dressed androgynously and identify um, non-binary, instead of seeing men and women, they see stands a good chance of being assaulted or might call the police. Those are the two doors. And that's not really fun. So I think that, you know, understanding and identifying non-binary people and cutting them a little bit of slack and understanding their identities and, and the, giving them the respect that they're due, because uh, they're just telling you this is how I feel. And the fact that saying something like that has been inappropriate in this country for the last couple hundred years is a non-issue. It should be okay now. It's like it, change happens. and it, I guess it could be uncomfortable, but it's utterly and completely harmless to allow people to identify as they, they feel. <laughs> I mean, really. And the, there's another myth that if you do want to change your gender marker, you have to have had surgery. That's not true, right? No. Yeah. No, you have to have done something medically to your body uh, if you're trying to change a gender marker. Uh, they don't allow it just on your say-so. Gotcha. Uh, but that they, could be something as simple as hormones? It could be something as simple as hormones if it's been, like, say, six months or so. That's mm -hmm. typically what they like to see. Uh, but you're going to need a letter from a therapist and a letter from your doctor stating that. It's not something that you can just say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to... Play for the other team now. Gotcha. Pick me okay. up as a free agent. Okay, okay, so here's one thing that I learned this week about uh, changing your gender marker. Uh, if the legal orders changing your gender marker says this person is now, the gender of this person is now male or the gender of this person is now female, you can't necessarily take that to the, uh, to, to the driver's license bureau uh, and have them change it, it needs to ch be a change of sex, mm -hmm. not gender, on the legal orders. 
to tell. It has to, it has to specify the word sex and mm-hmm. not gender. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that is a total error of the person who filled it out. So if an attorney wrote that, they don't know what they're doing. And if the individual wrote it, that's probably a reason why a lot of people use attorneys. Because the language is important. Matter of fact, the language is important in there to getting birth certificates changed as well. Mm. And again, in Texas, they will not change the gender marker on the birth certificate because there isn't a gender marker on the birth certificate. There's only a sex. Well, we call it a gender marker. I was about to say that those two words are just kind of interchanged. The gender marker is is interchangeable. But they won't change them. They won't change them. Because the order didn't tell me to change the sex on, and it says right. sex on the birth certificate. doesn't say gender. Yeah, I mean, that's sloppy work. God, it's been a long time since I've looked at a birth certificate. Because like I said earlier, gender is a social construct. It's mm-hmm. not a legal identification term. Okay. But we think of it as being basically the same thing. Well, some do and, and some, some don't. don't. Those of us that have to deal with it uh, and the ramifications of it know the difference for sure. And because, like I said, you need a doctor's me, letter to testify to sex. How you identify testifies to your gender. Sounds to me like the state is just trying to make it more difficult for somebody who's just trying to get it right. Well, they're trying to make it. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to join Tennessee as another state that won't allow uh, gender marker changes at all. Because, like with the trans athlete bill that they had, mm-hmm. uh, it says that the gender marker on your birth certificate is what matters. And so they're now wanting to not change that, say, your original birth certificate. But I was born in California, so my original birth certificate says Leslie Michelle McMurray, born female. So if I was a 17-year-old volleyball player that came from California, again, there's that full faith and credit thing that it's the state of California says I was born a female, so I would have to be allowed to play. But they're trying to ban transgender athletes. Well, how do you, how do you? So you're saying that we're going to make special arrangements for kids that are born out of state to play in Texas? That runs into the 14th Amendment, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. now you don't have equal protection. It's, it's just going to be a big mess once it starts to get challenged, and it's all over nothing. There's 834,000 high school athletes in the state of Texas. 330,000 of them are female, and I don't know any transgender women that are marauding their way through state record books in the <laughs> right. state of Texas on high school sports teams. They're just trying to survive. It's, a, it's, a, it's another made-up problem. Yeah, it is. I just read something about a transgender athlete That was at the, in Pittsburgh, or in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. At uh, Penn, University of Pennsylvania. She is a swimmer. Oh, uh, and I did she hear about won this. the uh, Ivy League uh, swimming championship in, like, 500 meters. Uh, there was a relay that her team won. Uh, but there was also a relay she was on to finish fourth. So it's not like she's a fish or anything. My point was... There was a transgender well, athlete. And that's the lightning rod now. Because what they're saying is that trans people, well, we don't really care. They can play as long as they suck. But if they start winning, <laughs> oh, now we got a big problem. I'm laughing, but that, that, that's exactly it. As long as they lose, then no one's going to say anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, in this further conversation about language and everything, yeah. um, I follow, I can't think of his name, but I think everybody is familiar with uh, Jazz Jennings. Oh, yeah. So Jazz Jennings' brothers are incredibly, you know, these great allies, and they do videos all the time about trans support and trash, trans allyship. But anyway, he just did one the other day where his grandma was asking about his transgender friend. So where, how's your transgender friend? And he corrected her and said, you don't have to call her transgender. She just she. Yeah. And so, you know, before the, start, before the show, we were just talking about kind of the history of terms. You know, when I was a kid, you know, back in the 80s, and whenever there was a trans person on one of the shows, the word trans just wasn't used. Um, it was always just referred to as somebody, this woman on stage who had a sex change, and it's all they talked about. So I was wondering if you could just talk about the history of you know, because all different groups go through different name changes. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it's that that growing, that you know, evolving. Yeah, that's it's that's just a lot of really annoying stuff uh, that gets hung on us, and it just it feeds the kind of uh, stereotypes and uh, tropes that are out there. Uh, but 
the whole, you know, sex change, it just sounded sexy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, people say to a trans person, so have you had the surgery? Mm -hmm. uh, I like to laugh and say, what, what, I don't know what you mean, because there, do you mean have I had hair removal or have, <laughs> have I you had, had your appendix out? Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I've had my gallbladder out, I donated that to science. Uh, but I had a breast augmentation, so mm -hmm. is that the surgery you're talking about? Or, I mean, what are we, you know, where are we going with that? Uh, it's just a rude question to ask somebody because it's like just meeting somebody for the first time and asking about the state of their genitalia to me is kind of ridiculous because, again, they probably don't with their other friends, so don't do it with me. Yeah. Um, but what if I do it with my other friends? Well, that's up to you, I guess. <laughs> that's no? between you two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's up to you and your, your friends. Um, but I don't think you do. I, I have to admit I don't. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just kind of rude. So Leslie was right. Do it with us. Yeah. Uh, but, but the, the word transgender <laughs> is not new, but it really didn't start taking off into our regular um, lexicon probably what, until the 90s. I guess. It was coined in 1972. And I'll bring that up because when I was a little kid, I identified... I felt the same then as I do now. There's been no change. Uh, I felt the same the day before surgery as I did the day after surgery, just my body was in more congruence after mm -hmm. rather than before. But as far as my identity and sense of self, I've always felt the same. But when I was a little kid growing up, there wasn't a vocabulary that I could say to my mom, this is how I feel. Um, there was no National Geographic with a trans kid on the cover that I could take to her and say, this is how I feel. There was no, um, you know, Orange is the New Black or TV shows back in the early 1960s that featured transgender characters, mm -hmm. far from it. Right. So I just felt like I was completely alone. I was a one-off. I was a total freak. I felt the way I shouldn't feel uh, that society is going to tell me how I'm supposed to feel, and I'll do the best I can to make society happy. Thank God we have language and terminology now to where kids can say, this is who I am, this is how I feel. The word transgender is just simply the Greek-Latin root trans, which means across from or on the other side of, mixed with gender. So it's transgender. Uh, and then cisgender is for people that identify as their sex assigned at birth. Cis, C-I-S, is a Greek Latin root meaning on the same side of. So that's where the, the roots come from. But the term transgender, again, we're going to get into, you know, uh, English, is an uh, adjective. It's a descriptive term. I'm a transgender woman. But like you were saying earlier, I'm just a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, Katie and I, we don't live as trans women. We just live as two women just women with dogs in a nice yard and we just have our house and we take care of things and she goes to work and i go to work and there's nothing really weird about it go to the grocery store this afternoon pick up a few things so um but it is a, a descriptive term so i'm not a transgender i'm not transgendered i'm just a transgender woman or a trans woman. And before transgender took off as, you know, a normal use in our language, yeah. it was transsexual. Yeah, that would imply, or used to anyway, imply someone who had had surgery versus right. someone who hasn't. But with being transgender, it has everything to do with identity, not with right. your surgical state. Because like I said, I felt the same before as I did after. And mm -hmm. so there wasn't any point to me where... I would be any different. So it's just I've been transgender before, during, and after. Right, right. So um, before we before the break um, or during the break, we were talking about what we were going to talk about, and we mentioned uh, you brought up the word, which is a no-no. That's the T word, the yeah. tranny. Um, you and that word. What am I trying to say here? I don't think it really became apparent to a lot of people in the LGBT LGB community that that was a naughty word to what maybe 10 years ago mm -hmm. and it's one of those the way I thought of it is one of those esoteric words that only our community used I had never heard of it was like 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 David and I were saying earlier gay men still would call each other hey girl she you know that kind of stuff yeah. I had never heard a straight person use the word tranny yeah so you could talk about how that 
why and how they became that's that that is a no-no word yeah i don't care how many times rupaul says it's okay right it's, that's really when it's it, not okay right um and one of the examples that i can give and there are many um but i, I can't remember her name uh but she was a latina trans girl she was in north dallas walking there was a red pickup truck that pulled up and called her that and mm -hmm. shot her six times. Mm -hmm. So it's too often that we hear the word tranny and then our heads are caved in or we're assaulted from right. behind or we're shot or stabbed. But that word precedes the violence. So to us, it's a violent term. That's something gotcha. that if I hear it, I'm either going to duck or come up swinging. Gotcha. It's one or the other because it's, it's not a friendly word. You know, and it's interesting. That's how I grew up thinking of the word queer. I never used the word queer. Oh, me too. My dad, if he used it, it had some sting to I it. I mean, yeah. that's all I heard growing up. Queer was a bad... Que queer was equivalent to the F word. Yeah. So when I, you know, grew up, got involved in the gay community, and I started seeing pe hearing people use the word queer in a positive way. Groups uh, are named after queer, the show Queer as Folk. Yeah. That was strange to me. It's a generational term. It, it I think is. If you're like under it 40, is. it's been reclaimed. And people self-identify as queer or refer to the whole community as the queer right, community. Right. Or there's a queer art exhibition or the uh, concert crowd at Ricky Martin was really queer. That kind of stuff they'll use, and that's fine. And, and um, I like that having a word. Yeah. Because gay originally was one word for the whole community. Yeah. Till it became gay and lesbian. Then and it was, well, what about bisexual? I'm okay with people self-using it, but I, I think that if you haven't used it before and you're not comfortable with it, be careful. Because, for one, it has a history. But it for does. two, it's like if you talk about a queer art exhibition, you're on solid ground. If David says, you know, I, I identify as queer, and so I refer to David as queer, then we're on solid ground because he's used that first. But if I work at a place and there are a couple of job applicants that are waiting and I said there's a couple of queers in the lobby, now I got a problem. Because using Thank it you. in a plural like that, Thank that you. becomes insulting and wrong. So if you're not used to using it, tread very lightly until yeah. you're really sure and you've been using it for a while because you could end up... Uh, yeah, I, it's, I, it's just not a word. I'll, 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 I'll yeah. never use. It'll never become a my regular um, vocabulary. No, me either. I'll just say it when if that's the title of something. If like, yeah. oh, like say, we're going to this uh, queer exhibit. That's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, we're we're watching a new version of uh, Queer as Folk, which they are making yeah. a new one. Well, that's the name of the show. But other than that, uh -uh. I, yeah. I will never refer to myself as queer. No. Why don't we take our break? You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laron Landis. And our guest is... She's Leslie da McMurray. She's dancing. She's dancing. <laughs> Leslie McMurray from Resource Center. We'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this. This is Raphael McDonald from Resource Center Dallas. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And this is Lambda Weekly. We're talking with Leslie McMurray about language. Um, there have been several court cases lately. One of them um, had to do with the Malaysia Booker uh, beating up Malaysia about a month before she was killed. And uh, Edward Thomas, as his defense, was referring to Malaysia through the, uh, or the attorney, was yeah. referring to Malaysia through the uh, trial as he and described the fight as just a fight between two guys. Mm -hmm. That's common. He's trying to win a case. So why is it okay in a court of law to misgender a person, to describe a fight as just, eh, it was just a little fight between a couple of guys? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot going on there, uh, and I don't want to get too technical, but they can have what's called a motion in limine, which is like before a trial starts is an agreement not to use particular things like that, and the judge could order it not to be used. Because once it's said in front of a jury, it can't be unsaid. And The so, jury didn't buy it. Well, apparently they did. He ended up, uh, he was charged with aggravated assault. They just charged him with simple assault. Mm. Mm, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So they did buy it to some extent. Yeah. Mm hmm. But, I mean, the assault was on video. There's no question about that. So. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
We're still waiting for the murder trial to come up. Yeah, I don't uh, think that's ever going to come up, really. He uh, keeps because, filing. Well, the guy is right now, the suspect is being held in Collin County and is charged with two or three murders there. Uh, so they can only give you so much time in prison, I mean, or an execution. They can only kill you so many times. It's kind of what right. they may do, and since there's no statute of limitations on murder, is let him serve 50 years in TDC, and when he gets out, Dallas County can try him. Hmm. But I doubt she'll, if I just had to guess, I don't think she's going to see justice in this county. Huh. But that's just a guess. Yeah, I hate to see that for... Uh yeah, I think it's Her important mom. for the community, you know, because she didn't deserve that. Well, I, and, and what I had said was, I hate to see that for her mom. Uh, her mom felt a little bit of vindication with this uh, assault. assault trial. Yeah. Uh, but is waiting for that murder trial yeah. to come up. Uh, the murders were two, the, the ones that he's being held in Collin County were yeah, his two. His name is Kendrick Lyles, I believe, isn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was two drug-related murders that Correct. had nothing yeah. to do with Malaysia's murder. Right. He was just on a rampage that week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, allegedly. Allegedly. I would be uh, a less of an advocate if I didn't uh, remind as well that primary elections health care, which is absolutely... I. When you create a law, if you're a legislator, <laughs> I would think, and, and again, it's a technical language, but it said, is there a legitimate state interest? And I can't figure out for the life of me the legitimate state interest of interfering in a child's health care. Um, I heard an argument uh, from our governor or lieutenant governor, but they were saying that our parental rights need to be respected, is that they, if they don't want certain things taught in schools, that they need to be able to pull their kids out of that classroom. And if they don't want certain books in there, those parental rights should uh, be able to remove them from that library. So I'm thinking, well, where's the parental rights when they're talking about the health care for their children? They, they suddenly don't have parental rights right. when that happens? Right. And it's not just the parents who are trying to you know, allegedly force something on their kid. Their kid desperately wants this intervention because I can tell you from personal experience, puberty is irreversible. There's nothing I can do about the puberty that I had. But if that would have been caught when I was young, young, early, early, I could have a whole different outlook on things. That, 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 and so that one particular subject really just burns me up because it's such blatant misinformation when it comes to kids. It is. But, you know, to further the whole parental thing argument here real quick is that it's not just the kid who desperately wants this and the parents both parents have to say yes and say this is the right thing to do we know our child but a psychiatrist also has to say yes and a physician and endocrinologist also have to say yes so it's a lot of people that really know their stuff versus some goofball in austin that's right. just saying nah we don't want to allow that that's right. insanity right so parental rights, if, if you want to, you know, tout them, then give the rights to the parents. Let them determine what their kids' health care needs are. Well, they, they like to pick and choose on what yeah. those parental oh, yeah, rights do. are. Oh, yeah. And, and, pick that, and, and pick and choose on what groups are allowed to have their parental rights. Or to pick and choose what's in the Bible. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I was talking to somebody about the, uh, the books in the classrooms and about the kind of uh, subject matter that should be allowed. I said, well, would you want a book in there about... Uh, a uh, father whose two daughters got him drunk so that they could have sex with him? And they're like, absolutely not. Oh, well, then I guess you better take the Bible out because that's the story of Lot and his two daughters. <laughs> so, I don't exactly. know. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I guess that book shouldn't be in there? That book shouldn't be in there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got a lot of interesting <laughs> stories in it. Um, you know, but going back to the, uh, the health care of the children, when you, particularly when it comes to trans kids, um, it's just big, big misnomer. I, I, I don't know if we, if we can call it a misnomer anymore. I think it's just intentional that parents are letting their kids have sex changes. Let's just put it out there. That's it's not that, happening. And it's not happening. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, there's a couple of things uh, they were using. Uh, the language in the uh, legislature was uh, genital mutilation. Yes. They're referring to that as uh, the affirming uh, health care. And then talking about uh, surgical interventions. Surgical interventions don't happen until they're 18 or older, if ever. Not every right. trans person wants it. Right. But uh, I could illustrate real quickly what uh, medical intervention is Let's say the kid comes out as seven, was identified male at birth, comes out as seven and says, Mom, I'm a girl. 
and this is how I want to live my life. So the clinical diagnosis for a transgender kid is are they insistent, consistent, and persistent. That means every day, all the time, without change. So the mother says, okay, so here's the transition for a seven-year-old kid. Name, pronouns, hair, and clothes. Are all of those reversible in about a minute? <laughs> Absolutely. Fully reversible, right? Absolutely. We're going to go back to the old name. We're going to go back to the old pronouns, change your clothes, and your hair is back to where it was. Okay, so fully reversible. So the kid is insistent, consistent, persistent through 8, 9, 10, 11, 4 years. And when the kid starts to hit puberty, tanner there's five tanner stages. Tanner stage 2 of puberty, they may find it appropriate to introduce puberty blocking medication. And those, again, are uh, reversible. reversible. You, you re remove those and the child picks up with wherever they left off. So it just buys time to make double sure. But in the meantime, the kid is insistent, consistent, persistent. Living their life as a girl, name, pronoun, socialization, clothing, hairstyle, school, everything, up until age 16. So now it's been nine years. You think the kid's pretty much decided by that point? Nine years, every day, all the time? And then they may introduce cross-sex hormones because you want the kid to have a, a puberty that is on par with their peers. You don't want to have an 18-year-old kid that hasn't gone through puberty yet. So they can introduce cross-sex hormones. The kid can donate sperm or eggs or whatever the case might be if they want to have biological kids later. Uh, but only then are you talking about things that might inhibit childbirth down the road, but you've done nothing surgically to them in any way, shape, or form. Right. And then after 18, they are an adult and can do whatever they darn well please with their bodies. Uh, no matter what the state of Texas well, believes. For well, for now. Well, yeah. Yeah, for now, yeah. for now. You know, with the but Genesis program over at Children's Hospital that was um, discontinued or is being discontinued, the number one thing that this terrible program, these horrible people who were doing awful things to our children, number one thing they were doing was counseling. Mm -hmm. why, why is that bad? I don't know. Isn't that something that many trans people go through? Yeah, it is. And I think it's uh, well advised. I mean, I, th I think you want to make sure. I mean, it, this isn't something, you know, if one of my kids had come out and said, you know, I'm transgender, uh, I would be worried for them because I know how society looks at transgender mm -hmm. people. I know it's going to be harder. And you want to make sure that they're sure. And so definitely talk to a, a counselor, a therapist, get them involved and help. Because I just wanted to, I went to therapy because I just wanted to understand. I just wanted to, I didn't want to be fixed or anything. I just wanted to understand why I feel the way I feel and, you know, kind of come to grips with all of that. And I feel fine about it. Do you think it's becoming easier for somebody to come out as transgender now because there are more transgender people who are out who are out there yes and no I, I think right now we're in one of those odd sort of tipping points to borrow from uh, time magazine is that uh... with visibility comes that kind of fear and targeting because we're a real easy target um, i saw recently they had updated the population estimate uh... for the lgbtq community everybody combined to seven point one percent so i thought that was interesting because mm -hmm. the old estimates have been around four and a half um, so i think our, our recruiting committee deserves kudos <laughs> but um, the, the estimates for trans I've people... I've served on that committee. I know you <laughs> have. You work very hard. You do an excellent job. Thank you. But the most recent estimates for the trans community is 0.52%. So there's still not a lot of us out there. Um, but the ones that are there, I think, are starting to become more comfortable. Joe Biden has been wonderful in, you know, with Transgender Day of Visibility and saying, I recognize you. Uh, we understand the importance of being out and recognizable. Um, it's and probably a little bit easier, uh, and I think the more more education, and that's kind of what I do with training companies and cities and doctors and police departments and all that sort of stuff, um, the more of that that goes on, the better it gets, because that's when those myths are blown up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just going on a little bit with having more role models. Yeah. People always say to me, oh, it must have been really hard for you to come out in the 1970s. And I say, no, I had role models. Who were your role models? Nobody was out then. 
Yeah, professors and deans of my college. Yeah. We had one of the earliest uh, LGBT alliances in the country. That made it easier to come out. So I would think just the idea that seeing people out there mm -hmm. who are transgender, to some people it would be like, ah, yeah, that's what I am. Yeah, that's when I talk to uh, TV guys, because uh, if something happens like, um, God forbid, a trans woman gets murdered, my phone just blows up, because mm -hmm. every TV station wants to get an uh, opinion or interview or something. And, and I've told them more than opinion? once, I say, I'm, I'm opposed, uh, staunchly opposed to that. Mm -hmm. um, but I've told them on many, many occasions, I would love it if you guys would do a story on how we live more than how we mm -hmm. died. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. uh, because we don't know a lot about these girls that are getting murdered. Maybe they love to dance, or they love to sing, or they aspire to be an artist, or to follow in their parents' footsteps. I don't, I don't know what their dreams and hopes were, but maybe they're a great attorney, like yeah, your wife. You never know. You um, know, that was one of the reasons that I think Malaysia's murder hit such a chord. Yeah. Because between the time she was assaulted and the time she died, that was when I met her. Yeah. It was when a lot of people saw her on TV and they were able to empathize. And here was somebody who they thought, what a terrible thing happened to her, and then she was murdered. Yeah. So it was like somebody, it was touching you personally. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we do need more of that, the touching personally, not yeah. and then murdered. We need the touching personally so that people are yeah. not murdered. March 31st is Transgender Day of Visibility. I'm doing a talk on Friday of this coming week at the North Texas Commission on Transgender Visibility. Oh, okay. Because mm. it's important. I mean, if you remember, Absolutely. I lived in California back in, well, from the time I was born. I left in the 80s. Um, but I remember there was, because in California, it's got this goofy... Uh, political system where they have the initiative system or proposition system where if like you personally wanted to get a law in the books all you have to do is get enough signatures to get it on the ballot and then it gets voted for and there you go it goes oh, it's an end run around the legislature California. so be dangerous out they there. do things like prop 13 that put you know one percent cap on on property taxes how would that sound right about right, now right. so um, we don't have that here but they did a thing called the briggs initiative uh, and the Briggs Initiative in 1978 would have fired every single gay or lesbian teacher in the state of California because the fear-mongering rationalization was that uh, gays don't reproduce, they recruit. And if you allow them wow. around your children, they're going to turn them gay. And so the, a guy by the name of Harvey Milk, you'll remember his name, that's Sounds where familiar. he made his bones, is fighting against Prop 6. And he said the answer is you have to come out. You have to come out of your closet. You have to be mm -hmm. who you are. You have to show people in California who you are. And we can defeat this kind of thing because we are not the monsters under the bed. And he gave this beautiful speech. Uh, called the Hope Speech, and I would encourage people to look that up. Uh, but Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative, was defeated in 1978, and I credit Harvey Milk with that exhortation to get out and be visible. And so, yeah, that is important to get out and show your face, be visible, give kids the example to see people that are living a good life. Leslie, thank you so much for being with thank us. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. You'll be back. I'm sure. Soon. For all of us here at Lambda Weekly, have a good week, and we'll see you next Sunday. And we're going out with some music from Lisa Messiah.